Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. So as James said then, submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God. And this is what we need to do. When we are being tempted, flee. Flee the temptation and run to God. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues the topic of spiritual warfare. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, in a message titled, The Tempter and Temptation. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So, we come to temptation today. Satan's most notorious activity is that of tempting mankind. I mean, when we think of the devil, well, we normally think of him as the tempter. That's just the, I think for most people, that's the thing that immediately comes into the mind. Now, temptation is the solicitation to do evil. The solicitation to do evil. That's what temptation is. And it is the common experience of all people, whether you are a Christian or not. Everybody's tempted. The devil tempts all people. But he is especially targeting Christians. He puts forth extra effort in tempting Christians because he knows that if he can bring down a Christian, he can to some degree discredit the church and bring reproach to the name of the Lord. And that, that's really what he wants to do. And so that's one of the reasons why he tempts us. Another reason Satan will tempt you is simply because he hates you and he wants to destroy you. The devil is nobody's friend. The devil hates everyone equally. He wants to destroy everyone equally. He hates God primarily. So anything God loves, the devil hates. And guess what? God loves you. So the devil hates you. And therefore, he's going to try to destroy you by tempting you and getting you into sin because sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James reminds us of that in his epistle, James 1.15. When Peter referred to Satan as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, he was no doubt thinking about Satan's activity in tempting men, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The, the picture there is obviously a very destructive one. John Phillips wrote, uh, he's a Christian speaker, author, writer. He wrote a commentary on Ephesians. And in his commentary, he gave a graphic picture of what this temptation looks like. Let me read it to you. He said, Satan has been studying human nature ever since man was created. Satan helped forge fallen human nature. He is a master psychologist. One person he assaults with the lust of the flesh, another the lust of the eye, someone else with the pride of life. The lust of appetite, the love of applause, and the lure of ambition are among the host of darts Satan uses to kindle fierce fires in our souls. 
He knows our weaknesses and strengths. He sends his legion of evil spirits to titillate our senses, inflame our desires, corrupt our souls, weaken our wills, deceive our minds, deaden our consciences, and distort God's truth. Satan has a thousand wiles and he never gives up. He never gives up. This is what he does, and he does it 24-7, 365 days a year, year after year, decade after decade, century after century. This is what he does. This is what we are faced with. So with death and destruction as the aim of the tempter, we cannot take temptation lightly. This is where we have to realize that we really are in a battle, and it's a battle for our souls. And so there are three things that we need to that we need to do in relation to this. Number one, we need to be able to recognize temptation. We need to be able to, to realize that this is what is happening. And then secondly, we need to do our best to avoid temptation. And then thirdly, we need to know how to overcome temptation. So those are our three points that we're going to look at. First of all, recognizing temptation. Let me say this, temptation in and of itself is not sin. Sometimes we get confused and we think because we're being tempted that we're sinning. But that, that's not the case. You can be tempted, you can be sorely tempted, you can be pressed on by the enemy. And you can even have impulses, internal impulses corresponding to that that are sort of you know, seemingly wanting to push you in a certain direction, but as long as you resist that, if you're, not, if you're not surrendering to it, you're not sinning. You're just under a real, in, in the case like I just described, be like just a severe type of a temptation. But just know that up front. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. Now, in recognizing temptation, we've, we've got to realize this. Temptation is often subtle. See, the devil, he's, he's subtle. He likes to stay behind the scenes. He quite often disguises himself so well that we don't even realize his involvement. He hides in the shadows, so to speak. He works behind the scenes. Uh, he pulls strings and he, he manipulates situations. But he oftentimes, most of the time, tries to just stay out of the way so we don't recognize what's happening. Now, you know, really... The moment you recognize that this, this is the devil, then you're suddenly like, on, you're on alert. You're like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go for that. So he, he tries to keep us from that. Now, another thing that he does in that regard is he comes oftentimes in, in our minds, or even sometimes it can happen through a, a, another person even, but he comes at times as as a concerned friend. He comes as sort of a sympathetic voice. Think of Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's exactly what, what happens there. The devil comes to Eve in the garden and he says to her, he says, has God said that you can't eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden? You know, well, why would he say that? That doesn't really seem fair. I, I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but, 
But that's really what the devil was saying. He was saying, look, you know, God's, God's holding back something good from you. I'm, I'm here to sympathize with you over that. I'm here to, to just say that, you know, you, you deserve more. God knows that if you eat that fruit, you're going to be like him. He, he doesn't want you to be like him. He's trying to keep you back from something good. And so it is with the devil. He'll come along and he will bring those suggestions to us, sometimes just thoughts in our head. But again, sometimes a, a person can be uh, the instrument, just like the serpent was the instrument there in the garden. But he used the same approach with Jesus in the wilderness. You know, Jesus told us that we are to pray to God lead us not into temptation. So we pray and ask God not to lead us into temptation. We need to make sure that we're not leading ourselves into temptation. That's what we're talking about. But like I said, the enemy, he's, he's gonna go after the areas that we're weak in. I have a friend who had struggled with uh, lust and, you know, looking at things that he shouldn't be looking at. And I'll, I'll tell you how the devil works in these kinds of ways. He, he was on his way. He had a, a devotional time in, in the mornings and he would go to a particular place to have his devotions. And as he was going there that morning to spend time in the word and prayer, he's got his Bible in his hand. He's on his way there. And he, he walks past a trash can and he's got to throw something in it. So he, you know, he throws something in and just sort of inadvertently looks into the trash can. And there, lo and behold, there's a, there's a pornographic magazine right there staring him in the face. It's like, hey, pick this up, check this out. And, and this, this was an area where he had a vulnerability. He was struggling. Do you see how ruthless Satan is? He's on his way to pray and seek God and the devil just throws this in his path. We have to be wise. We have to be careful. I was talking to a, a young guy recently and I was actually joking with him because he has this totally archaic, outdated flip phone and I was harassing him about that because he's an otherwise, you know, real savvy tech guy and he's a musician and he's a filmmaker and he's all this and he's got this dumb phone and, you know, like, why, why do you have that phone? And I was teasing him about it. And all of a sudden he says to me, he says, well, yeah, I used to have a, uh, an iPhone, of course. He said, but I found that, you know, I, I struggle with some lust and that was, so I got rid of it and I got this dumb flip phone. Yes, it's stupid, but it protects me. It keeps me from that kind. And I, and I thought, wow, that's, that's the kind of thing. He's thinking, he's, he's, he's doing what we're talking about here. And so sometimes those are the things that we have to do. Things that are maybe more convenient, but yet if, if they're causing us to stumble, we've got to deal with that in whatever way we can. So recognizing temptation, avoiding temptation, uh, the best we can, not you know, putting ourselves in those vulnerable places. But then we come to overcoming temptation. Now, the, the only good news about temptation really is that we can overcome it. James tells us how to obtain this victory in James 4, verses 7 and 8. 
And this is what he said. He said, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So let's just walk through those steps. Number one, submit to God. So this is the path to victory over temptation, submission to God. Victory begins with total submission to God. If I'm sort of playing around with my spiritual life, if I'm not really committed to Christ, if I haven't made a a real sincere commitment to him of, of submitting my life, then it's gonna be difficult, if not impossible, to be victorious over sin. Jesus has got to be the Lord of our lives. So that's where it starts, submit to God. But then he says, resist the devil. Resist him. We, you see, we're in a, a battle. We have to put forth resistance. We, we have to push back. The enemy pushes against us. We have to push back against him. So resisting means that we stand in faith on the word of God against the temptations that Satan brings our way. And that's exactly what we saw Jesus doing in the passage in Matthew that we read together today. Did you see how every time Satan comes with a temptation, Jesus responds back to him with the word of God. And and what he's doing there is he's modeling for us. Now, I, I wanna point this out to you. Jesus had victory over Satan, not as not as a divine being, but as a human being. When Jesus resisted the devil in the wilderness, he wasn't resisting him as God. He wasn't saying, Satan, get out of here. I'm God. I could just obliterate you any second. He wasn't acting in in his divinity. He's acting in his humanity. And so he's giving us a, a picture of how we as human beings as well can combat the devil and have victory over him. So what did Jesus do when he was tempted? Well, the tempter comes and remember he says, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. What does Jesus do? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread only. You see, the response corresponds directly to the temptation. Devil says, ah, take these stones into bread. Jesus says, oh, but... It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Satan was defeated, but he comes back again and listen to him this time. If you are the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. Can you believe that the devil, the audacity of the devil to quote the Bible back to Jesus? Did you know the devil knows the Bible? He knows it better than we do. And he will use it at times. He will quote it to us just like that. And of course, whenever, he's, whenever the devil's quoting to you the Bible, know that there's a problem. And know that he's twisting it in some way. That he's trying to get you to misapply it in some way. But of course, Jesus knows that. And so Satan comes back with, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. They shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus says, oh yes, but it is also written. See, this is why it's important for us to have a good, thorough knowledge of God's word. This is why we have to immerse ourselves in the word. Because sometimes the devil will try to use God's word. Well, after all, didn't God say this? 
<laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago and they were telling me, and I, I've heard this a million times, but it was just, it's just kind of funny that I was hearing it again. Uh, they were talking about someone who's, you know, just so insistent that smoking weed is good with God because God made all the herbs of the field and he said they're all good. So don't try to tell me that smoking weed's bad. And, you know, I just think, okay, this is, you know, here he is, he's quoting the Bible. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says smoke weed. <laughs> no, the Bible doesn't say smoke weed. Yeah, everything was good when God originally created it, but something happened. There was a fall. And there's a bunch of things that you can smoke that aren't good. There's a bunch of things that you can eat that aren't good. So we, we've got to be wiser than the devil. So Jesus comes back. It, you, know, you missed this, Satan. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then, finally, the devil comes and he takes Jesus onto this high mountain. He show, shows them all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory in an instant. And what does he say to him? He says, all these kingdoms I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So each time Satan came with a temptation, Jesus countered with the word of God. That's exactly what we are to do. That's how we combat the devil when it comes to these kinds of things. And you know, it's interesting because remember the passage that we looked at there in James that we're considering Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. What happened after this? The devil fled. He fled. Now, it does say that he fled for a season. He was looking for an opportune time to return, and he did return, and he will return in our situation over and over again, but, you know, we will have those victories, and the devil will flee, uh, but he's going to come back. But we've got to stay fit spiritually. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to stay ready and equipped for those moments that he does come. Now, as we close, I want to remind you of a few things from scripture, again, that we can apply when the enemy comes and tempts us. So when Satan tempts you to revert to your old habits, which is often what he does, doesn't he? He comes along and he says, oh, yeah, you think you're a Christian, but, you know, no, this is who you really are, and this is how you feel, and this is how you've always behaved, and this is what you've traditionally done. And so he's, he's wanting to see you go back into those old behavioral patterns and habits. How do we resist them? Well, we resist them with the truth. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. When the devil comes with that kind of reasoning, we say, no, I'm not going there because I'm no longer that person. I'm a new creation. Those old things, yeah, that's what I used to do. That's what I used to be. That's how I used to behave. But I'm no longer going to do that because I am a new creation in Christ and old things have passed away. Everything has become new. A similar idea in Romans 6, 11 and 12 Paul says, likewise, you also consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. So when the temptation comes along, Paul says, you consider this truth, you're dead to that. You're dead to sin, you're alive to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, I used to be alive to sin, but now I'm dead to sin. And we have to stand on those truths. We have to resist the temptation with that firmly under our feet. No, I'm a new creation. No, I, I, um, I'm, I'm dead to sin. When Satan tempts you with sexual immorality, perhaps, or, or to go back to substance abuses and things of that nature, things that are forbidden by God, we resist him with 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. There, Paul says this, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. So you see, when, that, when the sexual temptation comes, or the temptation to put substances into your body that God has prohibited, say, wait a second, I can't do that. This is not my body. See, I used to do it with this body, but now this body's been redeemed. This body was bought at a price. The, the blood of God's son purchased my body. It's no longer mine to do with as I please. It's his. So what I am to do now because he's purchased my body is I am to glorify him in my body and in my spirit which belong to him. So as James said then, submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God. And this is what we need to do. When we are being tempted, flee. Flee the temptation and run to God. Run to God. If you, if you have to literally run, then you literally run. Just like Joseph had to run out of the house of Potiphar because Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce him and pull him into an adulterous situation and, Joseph, and she would not take no for an answer, Joseph ran from the house. And in the New Testament, when Paul says, flee youthful lust, and when James says, talks about fleeing here, no doubt that picture uh, was in their minds. So there are times we, we flee, but we flee into the arms of God. We run to God. We run to his word. We run to him in prayer. We ask him to help us. We take our refuge in him. We turn away from that thing that's tempting us and trying to pull us in, and we turn to God. You know, sometimes it's as simple as you don't stay home at night and get into whatever you're watching that's getting you in trouble. You get out and you get to church. You get with God's people. You get with other believers. You get, you get with them and you pray. You see, this is what we have to do. Resist the devil. Stand on God's word. And the great promise is Satan will flee. He will flee. And when he comes back around, just do it again. Because that's just, well, that's what we're involved in. But God has the victory for us. It's ours for the taking. Let's take it.
January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. Abandonment and abuse are all too common in our culture today, pushing our youth towards drugs, alcohol, and gangs in order to ease their pain and find acceptance. But abandonment and abuse are a global problem. The late Stephen Lungu, one of Africa's greatest modern-day evangelists, experienced abandonment and abuse as a youth himself while growing up in Africa. The book Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs is his testimony of how God changed his embittered heart and ultimately prepared him to become a great evangelist in Africa, reaching tens of thousands with the gospel. If you want to be inspired by the testimony of a life radically changed by Christ, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.